Welcome, friends, to the Soul Talk podcast, a show where we explore and uncover the path to the heart, amplifying your conscience. Join me as we meet incredible souls who are in this journey and learn from their experience and different methods that will make you vibrate your heart. Let's get into it. Thank you for being here. This uh, share, uh, uh, subscribe and like. And something that I would like to uh, introduce you is a classmate that I had when I was studying light language, when I was trying to be more secure of myself in light language. And I was taking classes with an amazing woman, Aurora Light. I met this amazing uh, human being too. And her name is Nicole Rose. She is a soul embodiment guide. She's founder of uh, Radiant Soul. She works with Aurora precisely now. Nico is passionate about uh, creating transformational trauma-informed containers for people on their awakening path through the embodiment and energetic, energetic and the elements. Nico, thank you for accepting my invitation for uh, Soul Talk. I really appreciate you being here. Mm-hmm. And we have taken not only one class, we also took with Rosalind Fong. That was another class. We've been in two classes, right? <laughs> yeah, we've been in a couple things with Aurora, I think. And then summits and yeah. things like that. We've been in a lot of stuff together. Yes, we have. So yeah, it's such an honor. Thank you so much for having me here. Uh, it's been it's always such an honor to work with you and see your journey. And you've actually been in our uh, as a guest in our uh, membership as well, the playground, and shared really beautiful um, activations and codes with us there. Tell us a little bit more. Uh, I, I've been in the summit and I've been in the playground, but many of our viewers haven't. So let us know what is it is the the playground. Yeah, the playground is a co-creative membership with a, the amazing Bora Light, <laughs> as well as Nina Infinity and myself. Uh, together, we're the Radiant Evolution Collective, and we are. Yeah, all about creating sacred containers and sacred space to really get to understand, know, embody who you are, and um, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. So getting to do different ceremonies, we're all about breath, movement, sound, dance. Um, also that you can really have the tools to create a strong foundation to consciously create your life and start to live the life that you really truly desire. And if you're not even sure what that is yet, we also have two tools to help you discover what that is. Yes. And I know many people are in that process. They, the questions that they, everybody asking one point in their lives is what is more, why I'm here, why I don't feel that I belong or I fit in. That's everybody have asked their questions in that one point in their lives. And if they haven't done it, they will do it because that's part of being growing up as human beings. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it is very helpful that you guys actually are doing this job. And, uh, because it is, it is very necessarily in these times and more in these times where we're living after the pandemic and says why I am here and that why that it is so important to know why you're here. I know you have worked with with uh, with uh, in different in different levels. Your why, 
because you became the sodium embodiment guy. What are you doing there? What is your why? Mm. Well, going back to it, I guess that I can say my why really comes from the fact that when I was, I, I didn't wake up until I was in my 20s. So I was really just living in the matrix, I guess. It wasn't in a bad way or anything, but I just I wasn't awake. And I remember having this like deep longing to, I, I couldn't even know what it was, but I felt it inside of me and I didn't have a spiritual upbringing and I didn't watch science fiction. And like I had no context for like awakening or ascension or anything of, of what that was, but I knew that there was something that wanted to like emerge from me. I remember being young and like, I did, I was creative when I was journaling and writing poetry and doing art and stuff like that, but there was still more. And so my why really is to help people be able to find who they are and understand what that is and coming, understanding what their beingness is, because once we can create from our beingness and we know who we are and we can live in alignment with that and the doing of what we do in our life flows from that, we have so much more satisfaction, so much more joy in our lives. And it's so much easier to you know, hard stuff still happens in my life, <laughs> but I'm able to ride the waves so much easier because I'm, I just have this really strong sense of self and knowing who I am and what I like and what I don't like. And I'm sure some of that also comes with age too. Um, <laughs> and, but also I know there's people that haven't done the work and are maybe older than me even, and are like, I don't know who I am. And of course there's no judgment because everyone is where they're at on their journey, but I want to be able to help people like kind of have a fast track <laughs> to get to understand who they are so they can em embody their unique soul essence and undo all the programming and all the, you know, all the distortions that we've been taught here <laughs> in this world. Undo all of that stuff so you can connect in with who you really are, embody your soul essence, and then share that with the world because I believe we all came here to to really authentically be ourselves and to share with other people is, you know, such so magical. And I just think of the Ram Dass quote, we're all just walking each other home, which is really such a true statement. I just really want to share my journey with people and help them. So it's a little bit easier for them and they don't have to go through maybe as much struggle as I did. Oh, I think you're muted again. Oops. <laughs> yes, the awakening part, it is so different to each one of us. Um, but yesterday I interviewed someone that she was born in a family that was already awake. And so all her life is being uh, in that process. But many of us, we have to, even if we wake up, we went to sleep. And we wake up and we go to sleep. And there are different levels of waking up at the same time. And that is going to be forever because we're having a human experience in this time. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I have noticed that every time that we go to the next level, there's a new level, like many we, uh, many we say, and uh, and we go to the dark night of the soul. I remember that you were uh, talking uh, before about your, one of your maybe last months awakening, because I believe you've had many since I met mm -hmm. you. Yeah. When I met you, you have the the concussion, mm -hmm. and that was that shift your uh, your way of observing life. Can you tell us a little bit more about that one? 
Yeah. So, oh, that was a huge transition. (laughs) For a point, it was a dark night of the soul, but at that point, I at least already had some tools to get through it. But so in 2010 is when I had my first major awakening. And I feel like it took me until 2020 to actually be able to fully integrate it all. (laughs) So if anybody's watching this and you are more newly awakened, it can take a lot of time. (laughs) It doesn't have to take that long. That was my journey, but I think everyone wants to like, you know, have it all be done in in a neat, tidy package right now. And that's not usually how it works. (laughs) Um, So one of my, I guess, big lessons of that, like, you know, 10 years of, waking up was like, I was a human doing and I wanted to do all the things. I thought like other people that seemed to be doing lots of things looked happy. So I'm going to do a lot of things too. And I like put myself through burnout or into burnout through, I had a very busy corporate job and also had a lot of people pleasing tendencies and no boundaries and didn't know that I could say no to doing work (laughs) saying this is too much. And I didn't know how to ask for help and all sorts of things. And in 2019, um, sorry, at the end of 2018, I'd gotten to a point where I was like, oh my God, 2018 was so hard. I had a 18 month old baby or so in 2018. And my husband was on his own dark night of the soul and having a huge depressive episode where he could barely function. He was off work. So I was left with a lot of responsibility. I got to the end of that year and 2018 was so hard. And my word for 2019 that emerged was soften. I just want to soften because last year was hard. And I pages and pages and pages about how I wanted to sleep more and take better care of myself and like just be really gentle and all of this stuff. And it was really beautiful that I did all that. I was in a super aligned space as I wrote all of that stuff. And then uh, in the beginning of 2019, when I went back to work and just got back in the normal swing of things um, after like Christmas holidays, I was not doing any of the things that I said I wanted to do. I didn't know how to soften. <laughs> I knew that I wanted to do it, and I but I didn't know how. So I was just living my regular life again. And like, springtime I was starting to feel like kind of okay again and my husband was doing a little bit better again and I ended up getting some sort of like really just bad virus and ended up going to work for like three weeks being super sick where I was like coughing up a lung and (laughs) it's really bad I didn't allow myself to take any time because I couldn't do it because they couldn't function without me I told myself and So I got through that. The day that I started to feel better from that, I put my, um, I was shutting off the lamp. I was trying to do it while I was also holding a backpack. So it was too, like, I didn't want to put it down. So I was balancing and I ended up standing up as fast as I could with all my might so that I would like kind of counterbalance the weight of the backpack that I was also holding while I was doing this. And as I stood up, uh, I hit the back of my head right here so hard and it knocked me not out, but knocked me to the ground and I immediately started shaking and I just kind of laughed it off because I was like, Oh, that was really dumb. But I just did that. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, I kind of let myself shake a little bit and then went to bed and, felt kind of weird. I didn't have to work later until the next day and went to work and like, I feel kind of off, but I don't know. And 
couple days later, I still wasn't feeling awesome. So my husband took me to the emergency room just to make sure that I was okay. And they're like, oh no, it looks like you have a concussion, but they usually get better within a little bit of time for most people. And so I was already seeing a physiotherapist at the time for other things. And she also specialized in concussion stuff. So she, you know, checked me out. She's like, yep, you got a concussion. So I thought I was in good care with her because she knew how to kind of work with that, but I just wasn't getting better. And I still continued to work, even though I was getting massive headaches. I was tired. I was like super cranky all the time because all of a sudden my nervous system was so activated and I couldn't handle like the sound of like, you know, cutlery hitting plates while we were eating dinner or if a door was squeaky that sound of it opening and watching I remember there was like the NBA finals in Toronto was in whatever that's called the finals I guess at the time and watching the basketball games and like the basketball moving across the screen was like oh that's too much for me to watch and uh, working I just felt nauseous and but yet I didn't I'm like, oh, it was just going to get better. So after six weeks of it not getting better and having to spend a ton of time in bed and still trying to work and do all the things, I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'm getting the message. So this is a smack upside in my head to actually soften. So all those pages and pages and pages that I wrote about wanting to sleep more, that's what I manifested in my life. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's very humorous to me. <laughs> now so I you know have the humor and the hindsight and I understand it all but at the time it was it was very painful because my life changed so rapidly like in a blink of an eye it was immediately different it was like I was disabled I couldn't even walk around the block without my heart rate jumping to like 180 beats per minute um, getting super sick and nauseous and stuff like that so that sparked a huge journey for me I eventually went off work for a few months and felt so much better and when I went back to work I wasn't um kind of regressed quite a little bit um because I still hadn't actually healed what was happening in my brain I was just able to calm my nervous system a little bit for those few months and struggled through trying to get back to work full-time while being mom to a busy three-year-old at the time and um yeah, just trying to reclaim some of my former life that just changed in an instant. But really, it was also such a blessing in disguise because it led me to eventually be able to leave my job and just by, you know, good timing and synchronicity and also like, you know, the support of the universe and all of that stuff. They were happening happening to be giving away um, severance packages and because I'd been at my job for so long. I had, you know, basically a year's salary that I was given and it seemed like the per perfect opportunity to, you know, I kept hearing the song, <laughs> you get intuitive downloads through music sometimes. I kept hearing the song, take the money and run. <laughs> so I did. And uh, I had the, the beautiful opportunity to, you know, spend a whole year being able to heal minus the few months where when I left my job was April of 2020. So there was a couple months when I couldn't put my daughter in daycare. And it was also like, oh, should I be leaving my job right now when a pandemic is starting? I don't even know what that means, but nope, I should. It's going to be a good time to leave. And yeah, the amount of learning and growth was, 
can't even put it all into words. I really was able to take the time and have the opportunity and the resources and the support to become a human being instead of a human doing and just allowed myself to soften and along the way unwind, unwind a lot of trauma and do a lot of self-healing and learn how to regulate my nervous system and really take care of myself so that I could show up in the world. And I always knew I kind of wanted to do something, um, but I had such a I don't know if I would have ever left my job if that never happened because it was a well-paying job, benefits and um, lots of vacation and all of those good things that I couldn't, you know, in my right mind, just leave without <laughs> having a, you know, solid kind of steady income. And so it was such a beautiful, you know, synchronicity, I guess, the way all things worked out. And yeah, it's propelled me into working with, Aurora Light, who we talked about earlier, um, supporting her and her business. And I'm also building my coaching business, my um, facilitation business. We work with the playground as well. And yeah, it's just my life is so different. I knew that this is where I was going, but it, you know, it's so great to actually be here now. And I know it's going to just continue to grow and evolve and get even more, even better. <laughs> it is funny how they, when we ask, they give it to us because probably you were tired of that job and you have asked to the universe. So and if we don't get it in one way, we're going to, they're going to force us to do what is the best and the highest good for us. And, and it happened. And it happened. Maybe you, you were too afraid to leave your job. So the, conco the, the concussion actually helped you to actually, you were forced to leave your job. And that security and have security to the universe. And that was actually something good that happened. Of course, when it's happening, it doesn't feel nice. It feels scary. It is we're getting out of our comfortable zone. So that doesn't make it so easy. Mm -hmm. And yes. And how do you, I know you and Aurora used to uh, work together before in the hula, hula hoop dancing, right? Yes. Yeah, that's how we met, actually, and Nina as well. So, um, yeah, in 2008, I started hula hooping, and it was the first time I did it. I was like, oh, my God, I love this. <laughs> this is what I need to do. So uh, it's for anybody that hasn't seen it, it's not just like doing some hula hooping around your waist. We can use the manipulate the hula hoop all around our bodies and it's a beautiful dance and meditative practice um it's super fun it like hits all the check boxes of things it supports you mind body heart and soul once you're able to do it you can get into this beautiful flow state and really just drop into presence and there's so much uh, so much energy happening with like being inside the circle as well and the hooping, hooping community is really beautiful so made so many friends and Amor and I and Nina used to all teach and uh, run or retreats as well in the past too. And in, can you explain us a little bit in what area spiritually help you that besides of playing that going back to our childhood going back to being that kid without being afraid without just enjoying it that's what it helped you at the hula, hula hoop or yeah also, yeah, it's also just fun. <laughs> um, I don't remember even hula hooping very much as a kid. I don't know if I ever did or not, but as an adult, it was such a fun way to, such a fun way to have fun in life. And I think 
you know, once I had the concussion, I also couldn't hula hoop anymore. And that was really, really devastating also. Cause I didn't, that's another thing I didn't mention is that I didn't know if I'd ever recover from the concussion. Once you have post concussion syndrome, if it, the symptoms last longer than six weeks, it could be anywhere from, you know, couple months to years and years or you could never recover and uh, thankfully i did <laughs> um that's but... what they told me about the lupus that the lupus was going to kill me and no only one doctor about four or five doctors and in different places and and uh and now i am healed i the medical industry it is a business for them it is a business for them because we continue seeing them, we continue paying them, the insurance companies and the medicines, the all the analysis and everything they do. It is a business for them. So they don't want actually, they're not there to heal anyone, just to maintain them so like that they can continue going to see the doctor. That's always been my experience with the medical industry. And uh, and since I stopped everything, I got healed. I haven't had any flare-up. And, of course, you have to do the inner work that you've been doing, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't. It was so many different things that um, resulted in my healing. Like, having the time off to not have to work <laughs> was huge. Um, probably took, I think, about six months off completely before I did really anything um maybe it wasn't that much i can't remember now time is weird but yeah all the different things having the ability to go through and like all the different past life things and akashic things that were like preventing me from healing and there was you know emotional things like there was just so many different levels of healing that were required to get through that and uh i was starting to feel better and feel better and then last summer i like, I think I'm feeling good enough that I could go to a music festival, which would be like unheard of for me <laughs> prior to that. And, you know, loud music, uh, electronic music festivals, usually the music goes to like 3 a.m. or 6 a.m. <laughs> sometimes. And so it's up very late, the loud people, all the things. And I went and I was the moment that I'm like, yes, I can declare that I'm healed from this is when I was on the dance floor. It was nighttime. So there was tons of like lights flashing and stuff like that. And I was using an LED hula hoop, which has LED lights in it. So it looks very cool at nighttime. And it was spinning all around me. The music was loud. People were everywhere. And I felt completely fine doing that. I was like, yes, <laughs> that's like the maximum like stimulation environment that I could be in right now and having it move around my body and I I can handle this. So such a such a great feeling to know know that I got to that point where I could overcome that after all of the yeah, all of the work, the, like the loss of identity, all of the acceptance of that it happened for a reason and but getting to that point took a while, <laughs> so yes, it's a beautiful gift. How do you work with uh, with people one on one? So uh, my main structure that I use when I work one on one is with the elements, the elemental forces of creation, and I just love the elements because, like, literally, if you have a problem, there's an element for that. There's something that the elements can teach you. They really encompass all of creation. So, um, Earth is the physical realm. It's our body. It's our uh, 
wanted to say mind and soul, but that is not the other part. <laughs> it's our body, it's the physical world around us, our job, our career, all of the physical things, and it builds step by step. Um, the emotional realm is the water realm, and that represents, you know, all of our feelings, learning how to feel our feelings and having emotional maturity. So we work with that to run a clean and clear current of energy so that the emotions aren't stuck in us and they're moving so that we can yeah, just not get stuck in things. And eventually you can almost learn to not have, you know, from the little day-to-day stuff, at least anyways, to not have like traumas happen because you can learn how to process things as they're happening. And of course, that's not always true because there's some pretty horrendous things that happen on the earth. And I'm definitely not speaking to those big things, but um, being able to manage your emotions and work with that is so powerful. And also water is also the realm of like your inner child and play and having fun and the, and love. So there's so much fun to infuse all of that into things. Uh, with fire, that's the action realm and taking aligned action and finding your inner spark. So there's so much to work with there of, you know, connecting to <coughs> what your desires are, what you're excited about and actually getting to take the aligned action so that you, you know, can do the things when you're manifesting and co-creating things in your life. We need to actually, we can't just think it, (laughs) we have to take the aligned action. And also learning the rhythms of the day and night cycle is super important because as like I said before, I was a human doing before and I would just push and go and push. And now I understand more the balance of needing to go during the day and sleep during the night and like having that you know, rest time, unless I'm at a music festival, <laughs> then I might be going at night too. But um, yeah, and the air, the mental realm, and of course, our thoughts are so important, directing our focus and intention on what it is we want to create, having healthy belief systems that support us. And then spiritual realm is having that connection with your guides, high self, source, God, whatever it is, is just so important because that is what is really giving you the breadcrumbs of moving forward so that you can express your unique soul essence and bring that forth into the world. How do you work with people in their awakening? Uh, that's something that there are many, there are thousands of ways because there are many symptoms that are the physical, there are the emotional, there are the spiritual. There, there are many ways that uh, we all feel it at the same time when we're awakening. We're awakening. Mm-hmm. And each person has different traumas and different memories, different everything. So for each one of us, it is different how we're awake. Some people, mm-hmm. they were born and they were never asleep. And, um, or they become aware. And some people, even they're awake, they're still not aware of what is going on, of how many awakenings they have in a row. There comes another one. <laughs> so mm-hmm. how do you work with people when they're in, just waking up yeah well i would say that i often you know always check in with the heart and see what's like what's in front of us right now in this moment what's present to work with and you know if something's coming up often just holding space for people to just feel it and recognize it and come to their own um come to their own awarenesses through asking really good questions is really powerful to support them and you know 
knowing what they need to do. Sometimes I, there's a little bit more level of education as somebody is really new to the awakening journey and, you know, sharing like how to tips on how to manage your energy and work with different, um, you know, things like a Taurus field and there's so many different things or just even learning how to be in your body and be present with your physical sensations and, you know, your five senses and those types of things sometimes comes up some clients of learning how to develop their intuition and knowing what's them and what is like fear and their ego and stuff like that. And yeah, there's so many different ways. Often what will happen in pretty much any session that I'm doing is my heart will start uh, creating a, a field around us. And it's like, it's just this beautiful healing energy that's actually kind of already starting right now. They call it a heart transmission. And my heart is kind of transmuting the energy that is around us that we're working through and just starts radiating this beautiful, like, I see it as like pink and yellowy energy back to, um, you know, people around us to hold this really beautiful container of healing and so much just naturally shifts there because we're connecting to the higher consciousness and the higher dimensions. And when you're in that state where you're in alignment, all of the like earthly worries that we have kind of just melt away because you're like, oh no, I, <laughs> I get it. This is what it feels like to be connected with my highest self and be in that trust. And then giving people that experience can help them to be able to carry that out and ripple out in their lives. Yes, because once that you experience it once, you know how to go back to the same memory to so you can experience it like twice or more. Mm-hmm. And that that is important. That was something that I when I understood what it was unconditional love, when I really understood what it was really unconditional love, after experiencing that once it was easier to go back to that same emotion but if Mm -hmm. i have never experienced it once it was very pretty in the books or in google or in videos but it was not experienced by me Mm -hmm. and that is important so that people can go back to that same emotion and uh do you work um Mm, with the original trauma or when the trauma it is already how do I uh, let me put it in other words because I know I'm, I'm something confusing uh, do you work with the people when with your clients when they already have I don't know let's put something drastic like a like let's put it like this when you have your your concussion that have the concussion why you happen the concussion and now on or what are you were attracting with that concussion what it was telling you from your childhood trauma or things like that and because not everybody not every coach and not every uh, healer or therapist work from the original point where it was originated that it don't have to do with the timeline that is now it, it can be from your childhood or it can be from a past life yeah yeah, so I call myself trauma-informed, but I'm not uh, trained to resolve trauma. So if somebody has trauma that is like really activating, um, I'm not going to go back and like a therapist and work through that with them. But I do hold the space for them to just feel the feelings. And again, that like heart, <laughs> heart transmission field will open up and give them space to just kind of 
you know, learn how to feel what's coming up. Um, I'll guide them to uh, regulate their nervous system so that they're as best they can so that they're not in a really activated nervous system state. Because if you're in, if your nervous system is dysregulated, you're not going to be able to access your intuition or anything like that because you're going to be like, your body's just not available to it. And that is where we receive everything is in our body. So we need to learn to be in our bodies first before really anything else can happen in, uh, you know, in the healing and spiritual journey, accessing your intuition and all of that stuff. So I would though, yeah, hold space for them to explore like what is coming up with you, right? What's coming up for you right now? We'll go into that space and let them find the answers themselves so that they can see maybe what the, um, what the gifts in the situation were. Or if they, if we need to like, just let them hold space for the, maybe there is anger and, you know, frustration and those types of feelings about it. Hold space for that because all the feelings are valid and trauma happens with the little T traumas, I call them, um, because we, Know, aren't able to process what's happening right now and such a common thing in life is not being allowed to feel your feelings and being told oh just be you know just be happy be grateful I'm like yes you can be happy and grateful and you can also feel fucking angry about it too right <laughs> if something happens we can hold it all and that's this beautiful like wholeness embodying wholeness um that I've learned through the elements as well as making a bigger container to hold all of the things, the whole experience of life and not judging things as good or bad, but just seeing it as it, you know, all the whole experience. That's why we're here to have the whole human experience. Yes, I, I do agree. And uh, do you still do uh, light language with Aurora or, or by yourself? We started, well, I started trusting myself with her. But that doesn't mean I, mm -hmm. I don't do it anymore. Of course I do it. And I do it to my meditations and my healings. But do you still do it? Uh, I do. I don't use it a ton. But she also is the person that made me feel comfortable. <laughs> I was actually working with her as my one-on-one -on -one coach at the time. And I'm like, oh, it's just like coming out. <laughs> and so fun to be able to learn. And not even learn, I guess. It's a memory of just allowing and being feeling safe enough to let it emerge and not judge it and under, yeah, just play and have fun with it, just like I do with the hula hoops. <laughs> I believe that's the hardest part when we are judging. That's what gets us stuck, when we're judging ourselves or others, because in that moment, that's when we actually stop growing. We're stuck in that and we can't see in our faults. So what is your opinion about the and the the spiritual community, there's a lot of judging of what do you eat, what do you um, dress or act or a lot of stuff. And I, I've been encountering more and more that there's more judging, in fact, in the, in the same spiritual community than the non-spiritual community. Let's put it like that, the people that are not aware of themselves. Why do you think it is it is happening that? Oh, so... Whenever I see that, sometimes my first reaction is, how do you know what their experience is and their life is and like what their soul's path is in this lifetime? You, you can't, we can't possibly know that. 
it's hard to even know the whole scope of it for ourselves. <laughs> so how can we judge anybody else for what they're doing? Because um, we've been all the things, right? So when I do see that come up, I, I do hold space for that. And I understand that that's where they are. And I almost kind of see it. And this is like, I want to say this without, there's no judgment because everybody is where they are on their path. But it's almost like it's, what I would consider a fourth dimensional kind of awakening where it's like knowledge and you're still, um, you're like out of the third dimension and you have a little bit more open awareness, but it's still very dualistic. And you're like told that I have to do things a certain way and anything else is wrong. And I can say this because that was my experience when I had an awakening in my first one. I was, I stopped, um, watching TV because I thought it was bad and I, all of these different things. I was so concerned about what I ate and I got, everything was like to a point where it caused me more stress because I didn't want to do things wrong. And when I had the concussion, I was able to kind of let go of all of that stuff. And, you know, it just seems like a higher perspective that I have now where I can see that it's actually, yeah, like I said, we just don't know what other people are having on their where they're at on their journey, what they're here to do in this particular lifetime. They could be here to play the aggressor because they are actually helping me learn something by playing that role, right? Yes, and for them to learn later on how to stop being, if they're being aggressive with someone, it's because also they're being aggressive with themselves. But that is up to them to find out and change it or not. It's their choice, whatever they decide to do. How do you hold the space? You mentioned a lot uh, holding the space. So what it means for you holding the space? Uh, no, it's something that I do so naturally. And people have said before to me that like being around me is like being in a warm hug. <laughs> and I'm like, I just, yeah, just that, I think that is my beingness is really giving people um, the opportunity to be seen and heard and witnessed without any judgment, without any expectations on them and to really just allow them to feel safe. And I can't say that I hold a safe space because we can never guarantee a safe space for anybody. We can try to create safer space. Mm. Certain point certain point we can uh it depends it depends on many 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 things that we can have a safe space i do take people to the theta level so forth and i i do have to actually secure the safe space so and, and it will be safe because we're in the presence of god or source whatever you, or mm -hmm. factor eight is whatever you want to call it so yes there is a safe space always with with source yeah And I do believe that coming into that space, that source space is where everything like, huh, everything feels okay. <laughs> um, but we never know how the other person is going to react. And it's, we, and people with trauma can actually, if you say that it's a safe space, they could actually be triggered by that. <laughs> uh, when my clients are always, uh, the majority of my clients are, are with trauma, I do work from the beginning. I do work with trauma patients, all of them. I mean, I have a lot of suicidal people there in suicidal and, and deep trauma. And uh, well, it depends on our speciality, what we do. 
And uh, but yes, we are different coaches and different therapists and different everything. Of there are thousands and thousands of methods that I don't have no all of them. There's impossible. I don't think it is possible. Mm-hmm. There's new techniques I believe every day coming out, and they all have their unique way of helping others, and that's why it's important at the mm-hmm. same time. But we can't judge them because they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and well, I wanted to ask you about yes uh, about the rabbit holes. The rabbit holes there has been uh, yes in in the spiritual community there is a lot of rabbit holes. Those are the the conspiracy theories that I believe they were very very necessary when we are waking up. As the government is doing this, the these are doing that, or the church, or the elite, or the cabal, or whatever they're. And I call them those rabbit holes because you can dig in each one and there's not fun. There's, you're never going to get to the bottom ever. And, uh, and it, and this your choice is the choice of each person to go into one or not, or go deep, get there. Like, oh, okay, there's nothing for me here and get out also at the same time. So uh, it depends on the choice of each person, but that was very helpful. Or the people when they're waking up, because I believe many people wake up with that fear of someone is there to get them. And it can be the government, church, or programs, or whatever it is. And, uh, and that's our ego talking only. Mm-hmm. And uh, and those, I believe, that there are many of your clients, right? The ones that are coming out of the rabbit holes and looking for a safe space Mm-hmm. where they're not going to be attacked because they have paranoia, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you work with them in that way? Because mm-hmm. they have a big paranoia. Yeah, so again, that's kind of coming back to what I was saying before. And I also had that experience where I dabbled in that, but there's also way less information and stuff like that in 2010 compared to like the amount of cons- conspiracy theories that there are now. Um, but it's like coming into that, awakening into the level of knowledge and looking for information and looking outside of yourself. And because once you're in your awakening process, you're awakening and you probably have been taught to look outside of yourself for answers. And you don't necessarily know how to come into your heart and find the answers and connect with spirit and source and find them within you. So I feel like that's kind of a natural project for progression of the process because you're like in this like 3d box and then you wake up and you're like oh my god there's so much more and i want to know all of it and then so you like learn and look for it and read all the things and consume all the knowledge and then you're like well not everybody but maybe like why isn't my life changing i know all this stuff now and that's when you're like oh i actually have to like do the work and do the things and that's when the embodiment process begins to happen where you actually have to you know start to digest all of the information that you've learned and learn to look within and learn to feel things within your body, learn to look inside yourself and really have that strong connection with source. And and you don't need to go looking down those rabbit holes for stuff anymore because all the answers are in you. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you don't need support and help. I still work with coaches and <laughs> get support and stuff like that. But it's for much a much more empowered place now where I can, um, you know, have somebody just kind of show me my blind spots, but I know how to 
look within and trust myself to be able to get the answers that I need. And at one point, that was not something that I was able to do. I definitely a big skill to learn how to do that. Yes, that that is true. And just when you're trying to show, sometimes I have learned many of the times, but I'm showing my one of my clients my their blind spots. I find I find out that oh, they're my blind spots too. And that's why I can see them. If not, I will not see them at the same time. And that becomes very interesting. Because at the same we're all one at the end. And uh and we're and whatever experience we're having, it is gonna be also for us to learn. Not no it is gonna be to sell, uh to help others, but at the same time it's gonna be for helping us. And uh and I have done this with art and also when I was teaching art and when I was now them teaching uh, coaching and, and transformation and that has been very very interesting I was reading here in your in your bio that you sent me that you work with Gaia how do you work with Gaia and uh, the elements or they are separately uh, I mean they're all connected but kind of separately Gaia comes through often in meditations and you know basically everything I do like I mean when I wake up in the morning I call in sacred space with the elements and Gaia is there when I am in ceremony or facilitating or supporting a client or anything like that I'm always calling in sacred space first and Gaia is always there to support us I've um she often will I can feel her energy rising up and holding space for us like holding us like this or a root down into her connecting with source as well but connecting that that connection with Gaia is just so you know it's really what helps keep me rooted and grounded and be able to navigate all this time with all this wild energy <laughs> um flowing in and she comes through sometimes in my dance uh journeys that I share uh my static dance facilitators well she didn't fully speak into but she'll come through and you know in one of them we actually did like a slow dance together and <laughs> it was very fun uh she's yeah silly and just her energy is always here supporting supporting everything we do did she give you a, a message for us today for mm. the collective This is one that came through a little while ago, but it's still relevant. So I'm going to share this one. She's saying so this was actually when, you know, the war in Ukraine and Russia broke out and I was having a really hard time just under dealing with the comprehension of war in the world. And I was asking Gaia, I'm like, Gaia, how do you hold this all? said I don't my dear <laughs> I turn it into light it's not your job to hold it all it's your job to feel it and to send it to me and I will take care of it I'll compost it and send it back to you you don't need to hold it all and that's why everything feels so heavy that is true do think do you have something else that you would like to add hmm Yeah, I always come into my heart first <laughs> before I do anything. Um, mm, oh, that was such a really beautiful, uh, fun conversation to have. And 
it's really fun to see how I answered the questions, actually. So, <laughs> why, uh, what? Can't hear you again. Oh, now you're back. Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> this time I did not know. <laughs> oh, my internet. That's what I say. Oh, okay. Um, do you have a, any program right now that you're uh, you're coaching and groups or one on one, so like that? Uh, you can let us know, so like that, more people might be interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, you're always welcome to join us in our playground membership. Uh, it's playground for conscious creators, and I'll make sure to share the link with Monica so she can post that for you. Where we have monthly ceremony embodiment practices, and you get to work with all this beautiful energy that I've been talking about. Lots of meditations and all sorts of different things. Uh, you can also work with me for elemental forces of creation, oracle card readings, as well as coaching with the elements. And uh, I also offer heart and soul journey sessions as well, which is really like the process I talked about where we get into that beautiful heart space and work through issues and do some energy healing and moving some energy. And... Hmm, there's opportunities as well to come into the creation coach program with uh, Aurora and I. So that's to be a creation coach working and transformational facilitator working with the elemental forces of creation. And um, we'll also be doing a uh, Oracle card reading certification. So her and I redesigned a uh, Oracle card deck, which is so magical. And there'll be opportunities to take the training for that, as well as a conscious dance facilitation training that's coming up in um, the fall time this year. So the best way to stay connected with all of this is to connect with me on Instagram at underscore radiant soul Nicole, and you'll be able to stay connected with all my offers there. And I will be offering uh, in the in the description, you're going to have her information so like that you can contact her. For any questions you have, or you want to register in with, with them in the playground, and it is fun to be there, so you will like it. And there's very beautiful community in there too. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is. Uh, today we actually had a ceremony of blossoming into essence expression, where we got to really come into the body. We very sensually, with all of our senses, ate a piece of. Uh, well, I had watermelon, and where I had. <laughs> Uh, an orange, Nina had chocolate, and we were really, you know, taking like our whole beingness into the process and then allowed ourselves to express our beingness after we really got deep into the body and share, share our essence expression. Fun. That is beautiful. Thank you for being here, Nicole. I really appreciate the mm. accepting my invitation. And thank you for you being watching this uh, soul, uh, this podcast will talk and if this resonates with you please share it with your friends and click like I will appreciate that and subscribe and thank you so much and this is Monica Ramirez Warrior of Love and thank you for being in Soul Talk thank you so much for having me this was so fun thank you for joining me today I would love to share with you my transformational system, Path to the Heart, that I created just for you. Head over to monicaramireswarrioroflove.com and you will find free resources. In there, you can download a masterclass in how to stop being people pleaser and meditations to get you started.